we didn't have a lot of time to dig into this. And I, I hope that this is something that, that you'll receive. I believe you will. But when we're talking about judgment at the great white throne, this is Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15, a lot of questions begin to surface. Um, will believers be there? Will believers also need to give an account for the things that they did in their lives? The answer to both of those questions is yes and yes. So let's, let's read Revelation 20, 11 through 15. Father, we ask that you would help us as we read your word to read it carefully and to understand it well. Help me to be clear and concise as I teach. Amen. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. Then I saw the dead, the great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Johnson, in his beautiful book on Revelation, says, The defendants standing before the last judgment tribunal represent all of humanity, uh, the great and small, according to verse 12. Um, this pair, always in the opposite order, small and great, early in Revelation, encompasses all of God's faithful servants or all of the beasts deceived slaves. So believers and unbelievers are included at this point in time. Um, This judgment, if you recall from last week, it takes into account two separate books as all are standing there. Um, So the standing tells us that they're no longer dead, but a general resurrection has occurred. And this is the same thing that 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, that when Jesus returns, there's going to be a general resurrection. Everyone who has died, both believer and unbeliever, rises in resurrection. Um, Even the sea gave up the dead. Now think about that for a minute. If you ever have any questions on, on resurrection and is it possible uh, that my, I mean, I'm just speaking in, in for instances here, but I've heard people say this. My, my, my uncle died serving in the war and his body was lost at sea, yet he was a believer. Yes, his body, though it, it, it be in many parts, will come forth on this final day. 
So throughout Scripture, we notice that justice uh, is demonstrated in repaying creatures according to what they have done, uh, whether good or evil. Psalm 62.13, Proverbs 24.12, Matthew 16.27, Romans 2.6, 2 Corinthians 5.10. We'll we'll look at that one in just a moment. So final judgment, will believers be there? Absolutely. Uh, This uh, text here um, really corrects the pre-tribulational rap the secret rapture theory uh, that all believers somehow are going to be escalated up when Jesus returns and in his two separate returns which doesn't fit here no this has all believers of all time here present at Jesus's one final return now we know that there is a rapture but it's very different than what others might say when Christ does return we will be brought to heaven, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Remember that? Um, and there we will be with him forever and ever. So it, it's not secret in the sense that really has been popular and has dominated a lot of thinking in the last um, 70, 80 years in the church. So every believer is here at this final judgment. Johnson says the key distinguishing factor in this judgment is another book. And that is the book of life. Written in this book are not deeds, but names. Now, we see this book appearing earlier in Revelation. It it comes up in chapter 17, verse 8. Um, Those who dwell upon the earth whose name has not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will wonder when they see the beast, and he was and is and, and is not, and will come. So we understand that there is this book that was the names are written in from before the foundation of the world. We know that these are the elect that God has chosen before time who will be his children through faith in Jesus Christ. Okay. And these are those whose names are found written in the Lamb's book of life. Um These have been judged already according to Jesus' deeds, his obedience, and his death and resurrection. So we, we covered that a good bit last week. The part that I wanted to circle around and come back to is I told you that I'm not really sure... Uh, if believers, you know, what, what this means for sure, and if believers will stand um, there before him in a sense of judgment. Well, I was wrong. I come back to our confession. And by the way, the, the Westminster Confession is nearly identical to the London Baptist Confession. And the final chapter uh, talks about judgment. It says, God has appointed a day wherein he will judge the world in righteousness by Jesus Christ, to whom all power and judgment is given of the Father, in which day not only the apostate angels shall be judged, but likewise all persons that have lived upon the earth shall appear before the tribunal of Christ to give an account of their thoughts, words, and deeds, and to receive to what they have done in the body, whether good or 
evil. So 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Say what you will. We must agree with the word of God. Ecclesiastes 12.14, For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, But I tell you that, and this is Jesus, but I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. Romans 14.10, Why do you judge your brother? Or again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Clearly, these are all given, I mean, to believers. And we could even say, especially these texts that we find in the New Testament. Corinthians is written to the church at Corinth. Romans written to the church at Rome. Romans 14, 12. So then each one of us will give an account of God to himself. Now, what is that going to look like? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew 25, beginning in 32, he says, All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from, uh, from one another, as a shepherd se- separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. The king will say to those on his right, notice this, the king says to those on his right, who are on his right? There, there were no cows in the analogy here. The sheep, good. And who are the sheep? Where are the sheep? The believers. So what does he say to them? Come, you who are blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Wow. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him. Lord, when, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And a king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. We love Jesus and serve Jesus. How? By serving others and loving others, by not judging you know, them falsely you know, in an ungodly way, but by caring for people. Matthew 25, 41. Then he will also say to those on his left. Now, who, who's on his left? It's not, well, a lot of these will be Democrats, I think. <laughs> we talk about right and left, sorry. <laughs> the goats, right? The unbelievers. He will say to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Notice that. The eternal fire wasn't necessarily prepared for people. It's prepared for the devil and his angels. But those who follow him and not Christ are going to the same place. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Uh, Then they themselves will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked, etc. And he says, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Um, Back to to our, our wonderful confession that helps us understand the word of God. 
The end of God's appointing this day is for the manifestation of his glory, of the glory of his mercy, and the eternal salvation of the elect, and of his justice and the eternal damnation of the reprobate who are wicked and disobedient. For then shall the righteous go into everlasting life and receive that fullness of joy and glory with everlasting reward in the presence of the Lord. But the wicked who know not God and obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ shall be cast into eternal torments and punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So we say, um, why, why is this? Why, why do we need to talk about this? Well, number three in the confession, chapter 32, paragraph three as Christ would have us to be certainly persuaded that there shall be a day of judgment, both to deter all men from sin and for the greater consolation of the godly in their adversity. So he will have that day unknown to men that they may shake off all carnal security and be always watchful because they know not at what hour the Lord may come and may ever be prepared to say, Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. A lot of this is just taken directly from Scripture. The righteousness that we have is whose righteousness? Jesus' righteousness. Because I, the, the, the little fifth grader in me keeps waving his hand in the air and saying, but, but what about this? What about this? What about Romans 8.1? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What about the doctrine of justification? The glorious doctrine of justification that God has forgotten all of our sins. They are as, as far away from, from him and from his memory as the east is from the west. So I, I think when we come back to this and look a little more carefully, we've read Revelation 20, 11 through 15, um, and Revelation answers this question for us in, in different ways. In fact, the whole Word of God answers this question for us, I think, quite beautifully. I'll give you, I'll give you the main idea that I want to set forth for you here, is that if you are a believer, the Holy Spirit of God is working in you, empowering you, in righteousness. If you are a believer, these things are true of you. And so you have nothing to fear when you stand in judgment. Now, if you think about it now, if you do have something to fear, then it's time to repent and confess those things to the Lord and to come back to him in, 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 you know, in your relationship with him and, and be living like Christ. So, Revelation chapter 11, verses 17 through 18, this is the elders' song. They sing, We give thanks, O Lord God the Almighty, who are and who were, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. And all the nations, and the nations were enraged, and your wrath came, and the time came for the dead to be judged, and the time to reward your bondservants and the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name, small and the great, and to destroy those who destroy the earth. So when we consider this judgment, what this tells us is those who belong to Christ are going to receive some sort of a reward. So bear with me here for just a moment. 
Revelation has a lot to say about final judgment. There's one judgment, and it's this final judgment. But remember, we see it from different camera angles, and we have different descriptions of it throughout the book. So Revelation chapter 14 helps us here quite a bit. Um, when, when we read this, we notice all, right off the bat in verse 1, the Lamb here is standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his name and the name of his Father written on their foreheads. Now, the numbers in Revelation we know are symbolic. This 144,000, as we learned um, much earlier, is a picture of the great multitude of saints, all the Old Testament, all the New Testament of all time. Um, So these are, we would say, kind of a shorthand phrase, the elect. And I think that works really well because their names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world. Um, So he says, He hears a voice from heaven like the sound of many waters and the sound of loud thunder, and the voice which I heard was like the sound of harpists playing their harp. And notice verse 3, And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been purchased from the earth. Again, this is the folks of Revelation 5-9, right? This is the folks whose names are found written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's the believers that Christ has purchased from off the globe. Um, uh, and, and so no one else can learn to sing to him and adore him in song other than those who are saved. Um, and you're thinking, well, what, what, kick it into gear here, Chris, you're thinking. <laughs> so the picture that we have of judgment comes to us in verse 9. Um, then another angel, a third one, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Where else does it talk about that? Fire and brimstone. In the presence of the saints, of the church, of the believers, and of the Lamb. Where else does it, does it sound just kind of similar to that? Revelation 20, right? Revelation 20. So he's talking about the same thing um, that, that he was uh, talking about here. And, and we see other places, I'll get into that in just a minute, where we see similar language. Um, so we know that verses 9 through 13, we won't read through all that, but we know that they are spelling out for us eternal doom to the beast and anyone who worships him. They'll receive torment with fire and brimstone in the presence of holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. Um, the, these are those who, who worship and serve the beast, the, the world system, right? It's not a literal mark, uh, but it is showing allegiance to him. I love to compare that with the mark in verse 1, that the believers are shown to have his name and the name of, a fa- of the Father written in their foreheads. Again, this is symbolic, not literal. Uh, these are those who show allegiance to Christ alone by faith. And, and I would say it's okay to say even through baptism to, to add some, um, some explanation there. So, toward the end of this vision... And this is concurrent. That is saying it's happening at the same time. It's a different camera angle on the same thing. 
It's concurrent with many other Revelation texts picturing final judgment. We have this gem, including Revelation 20, 11 through 15. We have this little gem of a verse. And I think this verse helps us so much. Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. So verse 12, this is the verse that helps us. Here is the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, so they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow with them. Similar language. Deeds here in Revelation 14, deeds in Revelation 20. But, but here he helps us see that there is this doctrine of perseverance. And we must be really careful that we misunderstand this. It isn't our uh, strength. Um, perseverance is the Holy Spirit empowering us to endure. And he empowers us to endure, says this text, in two ways. First, let's talk a little bit about another big idea we see here. We see a lot of contrast here, don't we? The beast and the worshipers are, are, are marked by the mark. They're marked by obedience to the beast. They're marked by God's anger, God's torment with fire brimstone. In contrast, the believers, the 144,000, they obey God, not the beast. They, they persevere. They, they receive rest, not torment. And very interestingly, their deeds follow with them. Their deeds are described as something good, something noteworthy. Again, it's so important we remember that this is imagery. So, so keeping with the perspicuity of Scripture, we go to other places, like Ephesians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. We know there that, that what justification is not a result of works, verse 9. But on the other hand, and, and, and in a separate category is verse 10 from Ephesians 2. All right? And it says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So the works or deeds that we see here that, that will be judged, they're not produced by our sin nature. They're not that which is produced by our flesh. They're not done by us. I love this text because it tells us that God has prepared them so that we would follow through by doing them. Have you ever done a paint-by-number picture? How about put together a jigsaw puzzle? You've done a jigsaw puzzle? Yeah. And and so you get this... Let's go with that illustration for just a second. You get this jigsaw puzzle. Let's say it's 500 pieces. And you dump it all out on on, on mom's dining room table... It's Christmas break. You've got plenty of time to work on it. What is it? It's just a jumbled up, piled mess of stuff. But the, the, the artist of that jigsaw puzzle put that thing together perfectly in such a way that every little puzzle piece fits perfectly with what's supposed to go with it, right? It's a head scratcher sometimes. I, I'll be honest. I hate jigsaw puzzles, but I really appreciate them, and I appreciate those who have the patience for them. Consider that, that the, these good deeds, these good works that God has prepared beforehand for us who would walk in them would be like that. Um, deeds require human effort. Um, 
from the new man in us that, that God has made alive in us. Remember, our new nature is born from above. We also know we, have, we do have two natures. Now that the Holy Spirit has, has given birth to us, John 3, the, there's also the sinful nature in us that we were born with, that we were conceived with. And, and really, it leads us to what? To death. But Christ in us, Christ in us obeys. He does good. Another way the Bible describes this is by calling it the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5.16-25 through 25 opens this up very nicely for us. Those who are led by the Spirit, according to verse 18, are not under the law, capital L. Uh, they do not receive punishment from the law. Those indulging in the life of the deeds of the flesh are evident. And, and Paul here gives this grocery list of wickedness. Topping it off by saying what? They will not receive the kingdom of God. Now, on the other hand, in a separate category are deeds that are proved by God. These are those things which will withstand the just judgment of God on judgment day. What are these things that will be approved by God? They are the fruit of whom? They are the fruit of whom? The Spirit. Thank you for helping me out. They're the fruit of the Spirit. And and so he gives another list here of items that are holy. And and these things are what God is like. He he shares this with us. Uh, We consider these, some of these, to be the communicable attributes of God. These are things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, etc. And notice the very last section of that. Against these there is no such law. So what is interesting is we, we see that these are all going to pass the test on the final day. It's saying the same thing that Jesus said. If you show love and kindness to those in need, not only are you serving him, but those are the, the deeds that pass the law. Why? Because those deeds are not those which were welled up in me from my sinful nature. No, that's going to be anger, jealousy, uh, pride, you name it. So, as his image bearers created for good works, I know that image is shattered, but it's still existent. The Holy Spirit comes into our hearts. The Word of God comes into our hearts. And we begin to bear the fruit of God. We begin to put together that jigsaw puzzle of sanctification. We begin to walk in the good works that he has prepared for us beforehand. Um, we're doing what we were always meant to be as God's image bearers. I mean, you could look at Hebrews chapter 8, Jeremiah 31. God indwells us. His word, his word is written on our heart that we might go in this way. So if we look back at Revelation 14, I break it down like this. First, you have the non-elect, those who the Lord has simply passed over. We, we remember he doesn't have to positively uh, elect them to hell. Absolutely not. They're already on their way there. They've, they've made their choice. But these who are, who are bearing the image of who? Of the beast. And they can't help it. They don't know God. Uh, they submit to the wicked world laws, ideas, kings, and they receive a just penalty for eternity because they are culpable. Uh, they didn't persevere in God. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. And then the second is the elect. The 144,000, those in Christ, 
Um, all these terms I'm using are synonymous to refer to the same group who also perseveres. The Spirit is the one who is persevering in us, making us strong in Christ, strong over sin, strong to obey God. And it really isn't us. Yes, we do the works, we comply with God, but it's the power of Spirit in us. Um, it's perseverance. That's what the Reformers meant. Christ saves the whole man, not just our spirits, but our body also. Uh, so, a couple of things. And you guys have heard me say this. I just said this a few minutes ago. Um, first thing, saints who are keeping the commandments of God. That's what we see. Of course they do. They didn't take the beast's mark, but they bear Christ's mark by faith. Uh, they keep obeying God even when they risk their lives to do so. Um, the church has been in great tribulation for about 2,000 years, and believers in many parts of the world are shunned, are killed, are not allowed to buy, sell, or trade because they follow Jesus, and, and they have the mark of Christ on them. Um, again, a figurative mark which depicts allegiances. Secondly, faith. So the saints not only keep the commandments of God, the Big Ten, but they also have faith in Jesus. You've heard me say this a hundred times, that there are two legs to the Christian life that we walk on until death, repentance and faith, or you could say obedience and faith. So faith and repentance sum up Revelation 14, 12. You can't have the other. You can't have one without the other. Um, so we must remember that maintaining our faith and rest in Christ alone is important because he's the one who has completed this great transaction for us. By his one death, he paid for every sin for all time for all the elect, Hebrews 10. And it's by faith alone that we enter in, and by virtue of the Spirit who puts us in union with Jesus. So Revelation demonstrates for us uh, that the believer is going to possess both faith and repentance. So the more I ponder this, I see that Revelation is more than just an encouragement to the church who is despairing, but it's a major, major warning to the church. Uh, believers are to adore their king and keep their self ready, clothed in Jesus' white garments. And when we stand before him in judgment, I, I believe that what he's going to see is that we have cooperated with God. We not only are people of faith, but we are people who have obeyed the commandments of the Lord. Not with perfection, but we are people who, in our heart of hearts, when we get up on a new morning, we say, today, I am going to obey the Lord. I'm not going to get sidetracked or pulled down by sinfulness and temptation. And we know as the day progresses on, those things may come up, and we may say yes to them for a little while. But we have to allow room in our thinking for Romans chapter 7, which is a huge reality. As believers, we cycle into temptation and sin, and we cycle out of it. Not every day is a mountaintop experience. Our God knows that. He's extremely understanding. So, friends, as you see the day approaching, be mindful. You will be held accountable. Be mindful also. You will be judged. If you're a believer, you will be judged, not by the book of deeds, but 
by the fact that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life before eternity. That's the way of, to escape. That's the only way out, according to this text in Revelation 20. The only way out. There's no person that can live in such a way to pass the deeds, judgment, and test. Not even the greatest believer that you can think of. Not even John the Baptist is going to, to be able to pass that. Because that's not the way into heaven. The way into heaven is through whom? Through Christ, through the Lamb. So your name is either written in Him, in His book, or it's not. And that's, that's the final analysis there. Father, thank you for this time. I pray that you'd use your word to bear much fruit in our hearts. Amen. Thank you, everybody.